Good morning. I'm glad that you've joined me and welcome you. Uh, I have, uh, this is going to be a series of uh, three unusual men from three different countries that affected my life dramatically. And they can affect yours too. So the first person uh, that we're going to look at in a little while is Hudson Taylor. Um, he's from England. The second man we're going to look at is Jonathan Goforth, and he was a Presbyterian minister from Canada. And the third one is, um, how do I say his name? Um, Sundar Sundar Singh from, yeah, from India. So we're going to, so for three different series, we're going to different parts of the world, but these were godly men that each had a uniqueness about them that really set them apart from others. You know, they were very individual fellows. But before we get to Hudson Taylor, I need to set the stage of how it helped me with the struggle. I've said this before, I was a non-Christian growing up, not an anti-Christian, just a non-Christian, just the average person that never went to church. And I thank God for the navigators because they had a ministry of reaching people outside of the building. Uh, otherwise, I don't know if I would even be saved today if I had to go in the building because it's too, I was too spooky. You know, I don't know what goes on in there and, you know, but they did lead me to Christ. Well, three months after that, I was drafted and went into the army uh, for training. And when our first phase of training was done, we got to go home. And then I knew I was going back for the second phase was more in killing people because uh, the Korean War was on and how to fight and do all that stuff more so than the first. So before I left, I my dad had didn't even look at my verses. I had verses I was memorizing and they would look at them to be sure I was quoting them right. My dad wouldn't even do that. But I said, Dad, I'm probably going to die in Korea because so many guys are dying. They're just looking at the statistics. And this one thing I ask of you, would you go to church with me? Uh, that would mean more to me than you have any idea if you would do that. So my dad said yes. And so we went to the Eagle Rock Baptist Church and we got there late. I mean, not before it started, but the seats were all filled and we had to sit on the front row <laughs> of the church. It's a wonderful church, uh, preached the word of God. And I love the church. Uh, and I had to take two, I had to transfer twice to get there because <laughs> I had to go downtown Los Angeles to get out the Eagle Rock. But anyway. So uh, we drove and we sat in the front row and the pastor gave a wonderful message and I was praying that my dad would really hear it. And my mom was sitting next to me. No, my dad was sitting next to me. My mom was on his side and they, they gave an invitation. We stood up and you went forward. Well, going forward would be a half step because we were already forward. And my mom turned to my dad and said, we need to do this. Let's, let's, let's take that step. And my dad said, no, 
All they want is your money anyway. Now that stood with me. I have no, I can't tell you how that was a knife in my heart and it was there. And then, you know, you know, God called me to be a missionary and my wife and I went forward and dedicated our lives and so on. And we ended up going to Bible college and then pastoring a church. And I'm thinking, if people go to this church, are they going to say all they want is your money anyway? Somewhere along the line, my dad was had to be connected with churches either on the radio or something, and that was his concept. And that really bothered me. Um, that that thought is that uh, what you have and in the old days. You who are old timers watching this. You remember they had that scorecard at the side of the church and how many people were there, how many insights going, how much money was given the week before we go, oh, the money's down. Oh, we got to crank up the the message. And I, I should have put on my poor suit instead of this good one you know, <laughs> or whatever. But anyway, uh, and so in Bible college, uh, you hear we had chapel every single day. So I was in chapel every day for five years, um, every day except Saturday and Sunday. I was in church Sunday. And we had these speakers come. But a lot of the speakers were just typical. But I remember one guy came, and he was a very, very godly man. And he said, students, I'm going to recommend that you get this book and read it. You're going to go into ministry and you ought to have this concept because it's not taught today. You know, this this concept. And he said, what you need is this book. Hudson Taylor's Spiritual Secrets. And this is the book. Probably of all the books I've read, and I have hundreds of biographies, changed my life probably more than any others because it was different. He He was not in the mold. He was willing to step out of the mold of Christianity. And um, uh, his, his this book, if you read it, you're going to love it. Uh, there's a lot of wonderful stories in here. Uh, the um, How Hudson Taylor decided he was just going to trust God and not in any way let people know if he had a need. His parents, even the doctor that he was sort of interning under this medical doctor because he wanted to be a missionary and he was doing this. You could do that in those days. You studied under a doctor before you went to medical college and they did to go to medical school for a while. And then he went to China. But anyway, Hudson Taylor just decided that he was not going to make his needs known. He was going to trust God. And it's interesting. When you read the book, you're going to love it because you see this guy really being tested by God. His food is gone. He has no money. The doctor owes him a paycheck. And he could ask him for it because he owes him. But then that'd be asking. (laughs) Struggling with all of that kind of thing. And just, can I really just trust God to meet my needs and not look to people or whatever? And so that was um, Hudson Taylor's uh, life. In fact, uh, the mission that he started in 1860 is still going today. And they still do not ask for money. The missionaries do not ask for money. Um, So I'd like to, um, this morning as I was preparing to come, I 
I remembered uh, this, and I'd like to, uh, it's just a description of Hudson Taylor. So you have some idea of who was this fellow, because when you read his life, because you won't get this, you get to page 160 of the book, you kind of see a spiritual giant. I mean, that's kind of, this guy has got to be, wow, you know, uh, maybe play football or whatever they played in England at the time. And so <clears throat> this is written by, uh, I think, a teenager or an older teenager that went to a prayer meeting that they were having at the mission in England. And he, he walked in and he's, he's, it was so different than anything ever been. They opened the door and he walked in and he saw a large text on the wall. And, you know, people didn't write scriptures on the wall. <laughs> there were scriptures on the wall. And it said, my God shall supply all your need. That sums up that man's life. Literally sums up his life, the mission, and everything. He really, really believed that. And the guy is saying he never saw anything like that on the wall you know, before. And then he said, Mr. Taylor opened the meeting by giving out a hymn and seating himself at a harmonium and led the singing. His appearance did not impress me. He was slightly built, spoken in a quiet voice. Like most young men, I, I associated power with noise, <laughs> looking for a physique uh, in a leader. But he said, let us pray, and proceeded to lead the meeting in prayer. And my ideas underwent a change. I have never heard anyone pray like that. There was simplicity, tenderness, and boldness, and power in the hushed and subdued man. He made it clear that God had admitted him to the inner circle of friendship. Such praying was evident that the outcome of long tearing in the secret place was due from the Lord. Um, so that gives you an idea. He, Hudson Taylor, impression that he made to people was his godly walk with the Lord and trusting Christ. And you go through the book and you you realize it goes from, I don't know how to say it, worse to worse. <laughs> you know, he's trusting for himself and then he's married and he's got a trust for his wife and then they have children. Then he has other missionaries. <clears throat> and uh, the only promise that they made to missionaries when they went to China was take your Bible. That's your promises. There's no salary give, uh, mentioned, whatever. You go and take your Bible and trust God to meet your needs as you serve him. Um, <clears throat> so I know that's radical, but uh, really unique. So when I got into the pastor game and pastoring churches, I began to get sickened by how we had to raise money. It really began to get to me. I'm going, I just can't. And the churches were paying money for people to come in to tell them how they could raise more money. I mean, I was telling the group here, we needed money. I was going to take pictures of my starving grandkids and put them in the prayer line. <laughs> but they don't qualify. <laughs> you know, it's just all the gimmicks and all this thing to get money. And here's a man who just said, let's trust God. Let's just go before him. Let's just lay out our needs before him and watch him meet those needs. 
And this book will really thrill you as you watch how he goes through deeper needs. I mean, now the simple needs is just for himself and deeper needs for he's married and then deeper needs for the mission and all the missionaries and so on and how he trusted God. Well, as I um, progressed in churches, the second church I pastored, uh, the, the board were wonderful men. Really, there, you could find no fault with them in their lives and so on. But they were businessmen. And the, the, if the church had more people on a Sunday, they were excited. If the offerings were up, they were excited. You know, someone put in $2 instead of a dollar or whatever. Uh, but it just it saddened my heart because I wanted the church to go deeper, but we were hindered uh, by these good men uh, that lacked faith. Well, the third church I pastored, and this is interesting because I want to, this means a lot to share with you as I was praying, what should I share? But I wanted to practice Hudson Taylor stuff. I wanted to, could I really, and George Mueller, I mean, there's a whole bunch of these guys that just trust in God. They look to the Lord and not to gimmicks or fundraising or whatever, just look to the Lord to meet needs. Well, I pastored, the third church I pastored had split. And I think if I said, let's have clowns take the offering, we'd have had clowns, you know, <laughs> and anything. Let's do something. This church is going to fold, you know. It's just the, uh, it's terrible. But the people that left were such godly people. I've never had a church or been to a church where the whole congregation was so committed to the Lord and wanting to see people saved and and yet it was a bible church it was not like you know hellfire damnation because i'm not too hellfire damnation type preacher uh, but i had a crazy idea and i got my family together and i said okay Grant, your dad has a, an idea i'd like to stop offerings that we don't take offerings anymore and i said because grandpa said you know, all the church wants anyway is your money. And I said, if we don't take offerings, no one will walk out of this place saying that's why we're here. You know, wanting to fleece the sheep. Uh, and so I told the kids, I said, I don't know what's going to happen if we stop offerings. We're going to put a box in the back and people that want to give can give. But we're not going to call attention to it. We're not going to make a big deal out of it at all. And I said, it could affect us. Because we've got to pay the church bill. We have 12 missionaries, different missionaries that the church supports, a little bit to each one, but they were mission-minded. And we have, you know, the, the bills and all of that. And then what's left, they can put together because they promised they'd pay me a salary, which is if they don't, that's fine too. But they were going to have a salary already given by them. And I said, kids, I don't know what's going to happen. You may find they're going to be slim pickings for eating around here. We're going to have to trust God. And I want you to pray about it. And if you don't think we ought to do this, and my youngest was going to kindergarten, Richard, and uh, the oldest one was in college, you know, <laughs> spread out. And, you know, wh wh whatever you say, 
You know, if you're not for it, when this has to be a family. We have to be 100% as a family. And so they said, Dad, we prayed about it. It's exciting. <laughs> you know, they were just thrilled the idea to see, will God come through, you know, without passing the plate? And so then I shared it with the the elders. They loved it. That's neat. That's great. You know, we're going to just trust God. So we told the church that, you know, we're putting this box in the back, and then they need to follow the neon arrows <laughs> to the box. No, I'm sorry. I, I, I can't help it. I got a crazy sense of humor. <laughs> it was just back there, you know. And so, and we never said anything about money. And people would come to the church, and the church started growing, and they say, how do you give to this thing? And we said, well, we just want you here. You know, if you'd like to support it, there's a box in the back that that's not our emphasis. Our emphasis is preaching the word and encouraging people in their walk with the Lord and so on. So the end of the first month, uh, we had paid all the bills because that's our testimony in the town. Uh, we had uh, paid all the missionaries, sent the money, and they were able to pay my full salary and we had money left over, and I forget, it was 200 and something or 300 and something left over. And the elder said, great, we got $300 for next month. I said, no, we're not a bank. we got to give it away. You know, we're going to trust God. we got to give this money away. Now, we have 12 missionaries. Let's take the overage every month and send it to them and say, happy birthday or God bless you or something. It's, it's, it's mad money for them. It's not part of their support. So the first missionary we picked happened to be in, in Ireland, an Irish guy. We sent the whole offering down to the pennies, whatever it was, you know, sent it to him. We got a letter back from him. They had had emergency surgery. They had no money for the bill. And what we sent down to the penny covered the bill. And when I shared that, our Bible church came close to being one of those wild ones. <laughs> everybody, everybody just went wild. You know, like, wow, you know, here was just exactly what they needed. We didn't know what they needed. We didn't even know this happened. You know, I just, you know, when you walk with God, you trust him, it's an exciting, exciting adventure. It really is. And that church really grew spiritually because people came there. I asked them, why do you drive so far? They drove from Seattle to where we were. We're up in the mountains. I mean, it was an hour and a half drive. So why do you come clear to this ugly church with the squeaky seats from a movie theater that squeaked horrible? Uh, a gal that played the organ and she played her own temple. So you couldn't, you could sing hymns, but you couldn't have special singing. Why do you come to this church? And it was an ugly church anyway. Except the Spirit of God is in this place. I said, Oh, praise God. You know, it wasn't the drawing was not fancy music and the we had stained glass. It was all those real old windows that were stained. But you know, <clears throat> anyway, it's just it was such an adventure and it was so wonderful. And um, what a blessing. And I learned, I learned a lot that we could trust God. And then from there, God changed my life. It just went unbelievable from that point from that church on but i want to go on and um share with you uh, the idea of trusting the lord 
don't don't go and cause trouble in your church. You know, if the church was spiritual, we'd burn their offering plates. That's the first thing we do to have a burning, burn these wooden offering plates or whatever. No, no, because you have to see a lot of people aren't ready to trust the Lord to that degree. You know, just, hey, um, I'll tell you one more. I was asked uh, when I left teaching in a college, I wanted to pastor a church. And anyway, the church that called me is the last church I'd want to go to uh, after teaching in the college. It was so wonderful being at that college. But they said, uh, the elders said, well, how much money do you want? I said, you shouldn't ask me that. Uh, I'm going to trust you to set the amount of money. I said, I had a bunch of churches looking for pastors and I helped pastors find churches, one of my jobs at the college. And I could pick out who pays the most and I could have qualified there. I don't want to come here on the basis of salary. I want to come here on the basis of the Lord's will. So whatever it's going to be, the Lord wants me here, it's going to be what it should be. And that's it. So... We went there, and the elder, wonderful godly man, came and gave me an envelope with my check in it. And I opened it up, and I looked at it, and I gave it back to him, and I said, I can't take it. It's too much money. And he said, you said <laughs> we could set your salary. I said, I could buy a suit with this and still eat. You know, I never, I've never had that kind of salary. You know, I just feel almost like I'm robbing the church to take so much money. And they said, well, you've got kids in college. Go ahead. Just this, hey. So I took it. Well, God began to, even with our kids, to think in terms of praying and trusting God and because we um, had been in situations where we didn't have a lot of money. But the, a blessing I, I, I want to share with you um, was when I was asked to come here 30 years ago. And I had a wonderful position in a mission. Um, and it was a blessing to be there and all. And they asked me to come here. And I wasn't sure. And my, it would be a decision that my wife and I would make because my son was in Bible college. So it was... It wouldn't be the family anymore. It would just be the, the two of us uh, deciding whether we wanted to go to Sioux City, Iowa, which we didn't even know where it was, uh, to come here. And so when I was praying about it, should I leave this worldwide mission? In fact, it was, I think, probably the largest mission in the world with the most missionaries that I really needed to hear from God. And I was reading in Scripture and God spoke to me, and he said, buy the truth and sell it not. Now, I never claimed that verse ever before, but I knew it jumped off the page. So the guy asked me to come. I said, well, I'll come on one condition, is that we don't charge people. We're talking about believers that are hurting and putting a big price on it isn't fair to them. 
It should be. I'm going to be sharing scripture, you know, and it's been paid for. <laughs> Even my Bible's paid for, but I mean, Jesus paid for it. So this ought to be free and free, free indeed. And so we did come to Sioux City and been here over 30 some years and have never, never charged. Um, it's It's been interesting. Um, we have a new secretary. She's sitting in here smiling at me and encouraging me to keep going. Uh, but our secretary, she's been here, what, two years, Anne? How many years? Four and a half years. My hell, time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> okay. Well, she'll give us a paycheck until Paul and I, oh, uh, don't cash it. There's not enough money in the bank. Now, we don't. I said, oh, I got to go take pictures of my starving grandkids. What about my old clunker car? You know, <laughs> put it in a prayer letter. No, we just said, well, just pray. God knows where we are. God can, and he does. I mean, uh, the money comes in. It didn't come in before. God is testing us. Are we going to trust him? Or are we going to go to other methods of raising money? And so it's been a blessing in our ministry uh, the Paul's had some wonderful things happen. He's sitting here also. Uh, April, I think it was, wasn't it April our biggest month? Mm -hmm. Here we are going through this pandemic. And in April, we had over a million watches of our website in that one month. Most ever. And then we've had unique things happen. Really unique. Uh, we got uh, missionaries. Because we're 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 our, our ministry is to all the world and always wanted to be and that's where my mind has always been. I Margaret and I walked forward to be missionaries when we were engaged. So missions has always been a part of our thinking. Anyway, so we uh, are just looking to the Lord to meet our needs. And Paul heard from a Chinese lady. And she said, could I put whatever? Subtitles. What? Subtitles. Yeah, subtitles underneath in Chinese because they wanted their they wanted that to go into China. And then we just heard this week or a week, some missionaries from Thailand are asking if they can take our videos and put Thai under them because it'll strengthen the Thai church. Then there was a lady in Canada that said, I hope you're not upset with me. And I said, I don't even know who you are, but, <laughs> but if you want me to, I'll, I'll try. <laughs> she said, I translated your book into Russian. I said, the whole book? She said, yes, and it's a good translation too. So my book was printed. So I didn't ball her out. <laughs> But what I'm saying, it's an adventure. See, Hudson Taylor walked with God, and he didn't put a price on what he did. He just wanted to minister to people, meet their needs, meet the needs of the Chinese, and so on. And this book will thrill you. And that's what this ministry is about. God said, go into all the world, and we're going. And God will what? Supply. Um, I want to tell you one more thing about why you ought to get this book. And I would love to explain this to you, but it's too detailed. 
But Hudson Taylor got a letter that changed his life. And he here is a man living by faith and unbelievable stuff that was going on. But it's chapter 14, and it's called The Exchanged Life. When Hudson Taylor realized the truth of the exchanged life, his ministry changed, even his life changed. He wasn't burning the candle late at night anymore. He's spending more time in prayer. Uh, we don't hear about the exchanged life. It used to be real prominent when I was a young Christian. You heard about all, all over the place, you know, the exchanged life and all of that, trusting God and all that kind of stuff. But the letters in there, Hudson Taylor writes about how it, or his kids write about how it affected their dad and how he came to such inner, even much more inner peace. So if you're struggling, uh, this book, if you just get the book and read that chapter, chapter 14, because there is a wonderful hymn. When I read that chapter, a hymn came to my mind, and that is, um, you know, I am trusting, I am trusting, um, you know, before you. The idea of silence before the Lord, just a quietness before him, and just trusting him to do what he said he would do. It, it It's a beautiful thing so this book has will challenge you your faith but also will help you to have a real sweet spirit and understand how can i have this quiet heart how can i how can i in the like in the midst of this pandemic how can i have a quiet spirit you know uh it's it's wonderful the exchange life it's that's a wonderful truth and it, it just isn't there may be some churches that teach it, but basically it's not taught anymore, but it's biblical. Father, I just thank you for this opportunity to share and how Hudson Taylor came into my life when I was a Bible college student and lit a fire. And I, I wanted to live like that. I wanted to walk by faith, what it really means to walk by faith, not by sight. Not leaning on on methods and gimmicks and all, but just trusting you that you are able to meet all of our needs, the deepest needs of our heart and life. So, Father, I pray for those that are watching. If they would need, I would call it a good boost in the arm, a good spiritual shot to get them back on track and trusting. Let them go out and get this little book. And, and and walk with the Hudson Taylor and learn how he learned to trust you and the same things that he did, anyone can do. So thank you, Father. I pray that continue to bless those who are watching and may our ministry be a blessing uh, to people all over the world. And we ask this that Jesus would be glorified. Amen.